yo, 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 yo. Welcome to the show. This is Chris to Chris, the only podcast that promises, we promise to fix your life. We're the only podcast that does that and also fails to fix your life. We are going to try, though. I am your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by my producer, audio engineer, best friend in the whole wide world. Mike is in the building. Say hi, Michael. Hi. Ooh, you're feeling a little spicy today, Mike, huh? Now, you guys might know me from YouTube. Chris vs. the World is my comedy channel. Laser Lemming is my gaming channel. Uploaded.com brings them all together like one great big happy family at your family reunion. Today, we got a great show for y'all. Today, we are talking about relaxing your brain. We're also talking Google's new video game streaming platform, Stadia. We're talking news, lots of listener questions, and a whole bunch more. But first, let me get real with you guys. Every week, I like to keep things a little spicy on this show with some sort of theme, you know? Could be Christmas, for example. Last week, we talked about St. Patrick's Day. About a month ago, we had a rap battle. That was fun. The problem is that coming up with a new theme for an episode every single week can get really exhausting, especially for myself. I spend hours thinking of a new topic week after week after week. It's terrible. So sometimes I'll I'll just fast myself so that I can come up with a new topic, you know, just starve your brain, starve your body. Usually the topic I come up with is eat something. So this week's episode is going to be about unwinding and relaxing and letting all of this go. Just breathe, you know? And we're going to start by moving on to something else. We'll get back to this. In something else news, it's our tip of the week. This week's tip is join the dark side. So if you're listening to this podcast in the 21st century, there's a very good chance that you use a computer of some kind on a regular basis. You know, this could include your smartphone or your tablet. Even if these are computers for dummies, they're still computers, right? But using a computer, while necessary can be very hard on the eyes. My, my job, that place I get paid at, they, they require me to stare at a computer screen for over 24 hours a day. It's terrible, terrible. But because of this, I try to treat my eyes as nicely as possible, you know? I try to give them that, that special, special sense of something. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm trying to say I like to be good to my eyeballs. So I use a blue light filter on my computer at home, and that causes the, the screen to get progressively more orange as the day goes on. Supposedly that's good for the eyes. But I also like to use dark colors on all of my devices. I just recently upgraded to Android Oreo.0 or whatever it is now, whatever Android we're on, and uh, it finally gave me this dark theme, you know? The standard on all electronics, Anything is this bright white light. Anytime I can, I will switch it over to dark. If there's a dark theme available, I use it every single time. That goes for YouTube, dark theme. Facebook Messenger, dark theme. And I can tell you guys how to do that. This is kind of new. Uh, Reddit, dark theme. Message boards, dark theme. Chrome, Microsoft Word, Excel, Outlook, Windows. All of these things, I use the dark theme. By the way, if you want to uh, get your Facebook Messenger to switch over to a dark theme, just send yourself or somebody else a 
moon, half moon emoji, something like that, a crescent moon emoji, and it will give you this message saying, hey, you found it. You found the dark theme beta. And it works. I thought it was just some BS, but I gave it a shot. And I, I messaged myself because I didn't want to uh, burden somebody else with some BS emoji. But it worked. So, hey, I'm, I'm paying it forward, as uh, Kevin Spacey might say. <laughs> so, if I can make something darker, I will. Now, about a year and a half ago, I took this idea to the extreme at my, my place of work that I mentioned earlier. So your computers, uh, for the most part, especially back then, ran on Windows 7. And the software on these computers was fairly old, so there wasn't a lot of dark themes options available. Dark themes are becoming more prevalent over the last year or so, but especially on older software, especially old proprietary software, dark themes are not super common. So I decided that the best option for myself as a dark theme lover would be to invert the colors on Windows. You can do that with uh, the, the magnifying glass feature. And you just turn off the magnifying glass itself, but you can invert the colors. And so I had a very black looking screen with uh, splashes of neon orange and green and purples and blues uh, based on whatever color they were actually supposed to be. So a, a purple or a green line might turn into a purple line. I don't know. I think purple's the inverse of green. I don't know. I don't know if I'm losing you guys here. The, the point is, is that my colors were inverted and it looked a lot like you might see in a CSI show or a, a movie. And uh, it threw everybody at work way off. Anytime they walked past my desk, a lot of people would just stop and comment about how weird my computer looked. They'd say, oh, it looks like a, a DJ station, or uh, it looks like I'm uh, watching The Matrix, that sort of thing. The kind of thing that uh, an older person might say when they see something weird on a computer. Eventually, my job started having me train people on how to do things like my job, and usually... When they ask you to train people on how to do your job, your ass is almost out the door. But that wasn't the case this time. So they had me training people more and more. And when you're training people, you can't have a inverted screen because it's the exact opposite. It's literally the opposite of what they're going to see on their own computer because most people aren't maniacs that invert their colors. So I had to turn it off. And I uh, had to give up this inverted life in order to educate the people. But I will still preach from the rooftops to this day that dark themes reign supremes. Now, why do I do this? Because the darker the colors, the less likely it is to be staring at a light bulb. Does that make sense? No, not exactly. But you, I think you get what I'm saying. Like if you open up a, a Microsoft Word document, for example, it's one big white light and apparently I've chosen this pet peeve to be the tip of the week so uh, computers are or monitors specifically are lit up with light bulbs tiny little light bulbs big little light bulbs I, I feel like I'm no longer in the realm of sense I feel like I'm, I'm just kind of rambling and you get the point right monitors are lights your phone Screen is a light. The TV is a light. So, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. Is, I, I think you're getting what I'm saying. I'm saying that looking at a light bulb all day is miserable. 
If I had it my way, the office at work would be pitch black. I'm talking pitch black. We're already in a basement as it is. So I would have it pitch black. There's already no windows, okay? So it's pitch black. And the only way we'd be able to see anything or do anything is with candlelight. Actual flames that can burn and burn out. And if you spoke too loudly, the aliens from a quiet place would come and rip you apart. Actually, I really would like more music at my job, or if I could play my own music, that would be nice. So, I, I don't know about the whole aliens thing, but I think you get what I'm saying. I, I like to, to take it easier on my eyes. The moral of the story here is that you should use the dark themes if you have the option. It's better for your sanity, it's better for your eyeballs, that's ojos, if you are of the uh, Spanish persuasion. Just do it, alright? Just do it. It, it. It's just the best. It's just the best. And you might not like it at first. You might think it's, it's, it's just not cute enough. But the cutest thing of all is having eyeballs at work. Big shout out to our blind listeners, though. You guys are the real heroes. You guys are listening to every episode in the dark. And I appreciate you guys very much. We got to move on to a little thing I like to call Video Game Corner. Now, last week, we talked about Google stepping into this gaming world. We, we teased it a little bit. We called it Project Stream. And I predicted that this would be a streaming service. Because Google said, oh, on March 19th, we are going to show you what's up. We are going to light the gaming world on fire. And March 19th happened. It was Tuesday. Google held a press conference at GDC 2019. And they revealed the name of this project, Stadia, S-T-A-D-I-A. I don't think they ever explained what it meant. But Stadia, as we all know, is the female form of stadio, the Greek word for stadium. I, I, I'm not sure that's accurate, but it sounds fairly accurate. So we're going to roll with that. Uh, first thing they did, I think they had a... Uh, the CEO of Google, I think that was the CEO of Google, he got on stage and said he doesn't really play video games, but here's somebody who does. And he brought up uh, old Phil Harrison on the stage. And Phil Harrison, if you guys don't know this guy, he's like a cheap date in this industry, this video game industry. Everyone in the video game industry has gotten a piece of this guy. He's worked for Sony. He worked at Sony for a long time. And he uh, worked at Atari, Infograms, Microsoft, Gakai. I think that's how you pronounce it, Gakai. And now he works at Google. You should uh, look out for him at Snapchat, maybe, or Twitter. I don't know. He, he's making rounds, all right? Google's his, his, new, his new forever home, as his Google parents might say. Anyway, uh, he started explaining in depth this Project Stadia or I guess it's just called Stadia. And it's not a console. A lot of people thought this was going to be hardware console that Google would be selling you for hundreds of dollars or a hundred dollars. I don't know. But it's not. Google is not interested in selling and uh, marketing consoles that cost hundreds of dollars because that space is pretty well occupied by Sony and Nintendo and Microsoft. They, they kind of got that locked down. Google wants to be different, and that's their motto, right? Google says, think different. 
just like Apple. I'm pretty sure that's Apple, but you get the idea. Google, Google is Google, okay? So he explains it. The idea of this is that you can live stream games over the internet rather than buy a disc or download the game. You would stream it, much like you would stream a Netflix movie or a Hulu TV show, that sort of thing. And you could stream it from pretty much anything, whether that be a, a TV, a PC, a tablet, a phone, anything with a screen and a connection to the internet is, is fair game as far as Google's concerned. Except, of course, those other systems that I mentioned, uh, an Xbox and a PlayStation and a Switch probably aren't going to let you stream Google's Stadia games. This is, it, it, you know what, hold on a second. Everything I just said, I just want to put things into perspective real quick. Every word I just said in the last, like, two minutes, if you rewound, like, if you played that back to somebody uh, 100 years ago, even 50 years ago, it would sound like complete gibberish. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, the Stadia games won't play on your Xbox or PlayStation or your Nintendo Switch. They'd say, what the hell are you talking about? Anyway, I digress. Uh, this uh, Stadia setup it, it allows you to use most controllers so if you can plug in a controller like your xbox one or your playstation 4 controller into your computer uh you can use that to play games on stadia stadia is running through chrome so any any device that can run google chrome can play stadia games essentially so chromecast of course is fair game your pc tablet etc i'm just reiterating to, to be completely thorough to the point of boredom. So you can use any controller, but Google also created their own controller for this thing. And it looks fine, you know, it's got two analog sticks. Some people aren't too happy that they're symmetrical and not asymmetrical like an Xbox One controller or a, a Switch Pro controller. Uh, it's got four buttons, four uh, triggers, like I said, two joysticks, and uh, the D-pad looks kind of stupid. I don't really like the D-pad, but everything else seems pretty fine. But as I'm watching this presentation, Google's true intentions became very clear very quickly. Google's not interested, really, so much in the game aspect of video games. They're more interested in dominating live streaming entertainment. That's where the big money's at. See, Google owns this small company called YouTube. And this official Stadia controller that I've been ranting about has a capture button on it that you can use to share footage. Uh, the Switch and the PlayStation 4 controllers also have their own capture buttons. However, the Stadia controller will let you upload it directly to YouTube. Just straight up now tell me, you're really going to love me forever, that sort of thing. It'll just go straight to YouTube. And they showed off this feature that also made it very clear that their focus is on making quick money. It, they're, they're more about doing things the Google way than the traditional video game industry way. And it's kind of cool, kind of scary, but they showed off this one feature where at the end of the video, like you're, say you're watching a YouTube video on, the example they showed was somebody's watching Assassin's Creed Odyssey being played on YouTube. And at the end of the video, a button pops up over the video. And that button says play or play now. You click it and all of a sudden you're playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. At least according to Google, you know, they don't show the part where you have to put in your credit card information and blah, blah, blah. 
But the big thing is that you don't have to wait for the game to download. You're just instantly playing within seconds, they say. You're just streaming it. It's just buffering the game, right? So they they show off this play button, and it takes you instantly to the game. I, I think that's kind of cool. I do like that. But they also showed off this ability where you can join an online game with the streamer that you're watching. So say you're watching a guy or, or you know, let's say you're watching this girl and she's streaming, right? She's playing. Uh, the example they show was uh, somebody's playing NBA 2K. Let's say this girl you're watching is playing NBA 2K 20, okay? Uh, they say, okay, you can join the game she's playing in right now. So she's playing online and you can join the queue. Say, oh, you're third in line to play with this streamer. It sounds like a good way for everybody involved to make money. Google's going to make money. The streamer's going to make money. You best believe that they're going to say, oh, yeah, you can pay to be in line. You can pay to play with me. And uh, this is also, I think, an excellent way to take online bullying to the next level. So say you don't like a streamer, you could join that game, and you could harass them directly in the game. I think that's also the future of uh, Stadia. This controller also has a dedicated button or a button that's dedicated to asking Google questions. You know, uh, like if you have an Android phone and you hold the home button, it brings up the little prompt where you ask Google questions. You say, hey, Google, how far is it from Earth to Mars? Or, hey, Google, how do I get to Starbucks? That sort of thing. It's, it's just like uh, Siri on the iPhone, right? So the Google Stadia controller has a button directly for this. And what they say they want you to do with it is to pretty much use it as a strategy guide, an in-game strategy guide. So in the past, you know, in the 1990s and 80s, there was uh, these things called strategy guides, and they still exist to a certain extent to this day. But you would, you would buy it, and there'd be screenshots and lots of text telling you how to get through a game. Google is saying, to hell with that. Reading is so old school. We're not doing that anymore. Uh, the future is now. And they, they showed somebody playing uh, one of the new Tomb Raider games. And they said, hey, they, they, they pushed the button. They pushed that Google button. and said, how do I beat this tomb? And all of a sudden, a YouTube video pops up of somebody playing that tomb, that level that you're on, and showing you how to beat it. I can just imagine that somebody playing or using Stadia can get lost, you know? Like, say you're watching, or say you're playing Tomb Raider, and you say, how do I beat this tomb? And then you see how this other YouTuber beats the tomb. The video pops up right in front of you. You see how they beat the tomb, and then you just kind of keep watching, and keep watching, and keep watching, and the game just is spoiled for you. Chapter after chapter after chapter. I don't know. One of the, uh, they, they, they highlight in the video that how much of a pain in the ass it is to do this currently in present day. You have to pull out your phone or your tablet, search for the correct tomb or level issue you're having, and scrub through this long video to find it. Now it just instantly brings the solution to your fingertips. One of the reasons that I don't like to do this too much because it forces me to use my brain. And this is great. If you don't want to use your brain, it, it, you can just turn off your brain and never think again. A video game is just a, a simple path 
essentially that it's just a simple set of instructions that you just follow the YouTube video and boom, you're done. <sighs> this whole Stadia thing, I, I think it's kind of a publisher's wet dream because first of all, it, it, it kind of eliminates piracy because everyone using Stadia is streaming the game officially through Google. Google owns the hardware in their, their hardware farm somewhere. And it requires the player to always be online because you're streaming the game. You can't stream the game with no internet connection, a.k.a. Uh, less piracy, right? A lot of uh, the Xbox One, when it was first revealed, was pretty much an always online machine. And the big goal there, whether Microsoft wants to admit it or not, was to eliminate piracy and get rid of something like uh, uh, used game sales. They want as much cut of the profit as possible. But because this Stadia doesn't use physical media at all, it means that uh, there are no used games. And uh, the publisher or the developer or Google has uh, much easier access to revoke your ownership rights of a game. So when you, when you use Stadia, there's going to be a terms of service that you just check the box saying that you read, even though, of course, you didn't read because it is literally 30 chapters long. You're going to agree to it, and in those terms, and of, terms of service, it'll say something along the lines that of Google reserves the rights to revoke any uh, ownership or, or licenses for you to play any of these games. I didn't think it was all bad, though. Uh, the, there were some good ideas with this Stadia thing. Like, you could continue a game from anywhere. So you could pause a game on your TV, and then, like the filthy animal you are, you take your phone and your your controller into the bathroom with you and you just wreak havoc in there but the entire time you're wreaking havoc you're continuing the game right where you left off so that's kind of cool that's kind of cool it can also possibly kill cheating in online games because you are streaming the game through Google's hardware and you don't have access to that physical hardware so you can't install extra software like third-party cheating programs that sort of thing auto-aim, you can't install that because Google has access to it. So, in that sense, I think it's kind of cool. But it's not, all, it's not all it's cracked up to be, I don't think. I think it's kind of scary because the future of gaming means you no longer own anything, as I alluded to very clearly earlier, and an internet connection is always required to play, right? you got to stream the games. And in this present day we live in, the internet is not as perfect as it's made out to be by Google, especially in the United States. In the United States, your internet connection can be very, very good. You can have Google Fiber, which gives you a gigabyte download, a gigabyte upload per second. Or you can have Comcast in Bump County, Utah, wherever, wherever Comcast is screwing people over, right? And... You could be dealing with very, very slow internet. Three megabits per second down on a good day. And you think this Google Stadia is going to work on that? No, of course not. Of course not. So the future of gaming is for the rich, powerful, and well-connected. Get it? You get it? Well-connected? I don't know. As internet technology improves and high-speed speeds become more prevalent and available, maybe 5G is the answer to this. I don't know. But as these things improve, so will things like Stadia. I think, I think there's some pros and cons. Google 
has high ambitions of saying, oh, they say, oh, yeah, in the future, we're going to be able to stream uh, 4K games or games in 4K resolution at 60 frames per second with surround sound. And very few people right now would be able to pull that off without heavy pixelation. So Google keeps bragging that the computers that are playing these video games are highly powered, more powerful than your Xbox One X's or, or mini gaming PCs. But the power of these computers means nothing, absolutely nothing, if the picture is one big blocky YouTube video, essentially. You guys have seen a blocky, pixelated YouTube video. When the connection goes down, it looks like that. Same thing like with Netflix. When the Netflix connection gets bad, it gets pixely. Artifacting is what that's called. Anyway, I feel like I've really rammed this topic down your throat. I didn't expect to talk about Stadia so damn long. I need a breathe. And I've decided that one of the best ways to relax would be mandatory yoga for everyone involved in this show. I don't really like doing yoga though, so I've got Mike pulling double duty today. Mike, your downward dog sucks. Relax! Now, I want our listeners to feel relaxed though too. So while Mike is making an ass out of himself, I invite you all to close your eyes with me and meditate. First, take a deep breath in. Let your worries drift away like Wilson, that ball from Castaway. Don't think about the rent that's due soon. Forget about your phone bill and your credit card debt and your car note. Now, you might have a nagging voice in the back of your head screaming, Don't forget! People depend on you! Now I want you to slowly exhale and forget. This won't be easy, but we will get through it together. I will make you relax if it's the last thing I do. In the meantime, though, we gotta move on to the news. Habitat for Humanity thrift store in North Carolina has successfully sold furniture that the previous owners claim to be haunted. For just $1,000, you could become the proud owners of a queen canopy bed and a high boy chest of drawers. I'd never heard the term high boy until this article. The price tag had a special note from the store. It said, please note, previous owner reports that the high boy is haunted. He reports continuous nightmares for he and his wife while it was in their room. He also reports that the dogs would not stop barking at it. Now, first of all, I got to give respect and props to Habitat for Humanity for disclosing that the drawers were haunted. Most stores do not have the balls to do that. And second of all, I'm not sure their dogs are all that smart. Now, at first, I was wondering why Habitat for Humanity would even buy this thing if they were so worried about the goods being possessed. But then I remembered, it's Habitat for Humanity. This is where Jimmy Carter was born. They likely got it donated to them for free. It's one of those stories where they say, hey man, 
I this thing's haunted. I don't want it anymore. You can have it. It's all yours. I want this bad juju out of my life. So Ricky Scott, this guy Ricky Scott and his uh, husband, boyfriend, I don't know, the article on UPI.com described them as partners. They, they bought this uh, set of demonic drawers. And Ricky said, yeah, I don't really care that they think it's haunted. Maybe it will be a nice ghost. Maybe, Ricky. Maybe. Or maybe Warner Brothers will make a movie out of you 20 years from now and your family can sue. Your, or maybe your family's estate can sue. You know what I'm saying? That's not a threat. I can't threaten you. Only those ghosts you just bought can threaten you. In other news, Maria Sprizzo of Staten Island, New York, has been receiving power bills for a power pole outside of her home. The power company, Con Edison, and if that isn't the most appropriate name, for a power company, Con Edison. They started sending the bills about a year and a half ago, and these bills were racking up. It would be $2,000, $5,000 a month. She'd get two sets of bills, one bill in her name, and the other would be addressed to the pole. She told the power company about this several times, and they just tell her to throw the bills away. I said, just throw them away. They don't matter. We're not going to charge you. And then she got letters with threats to shut down her service for lack of payment. So at that point, she was sick of it, right? She was done with these fools. So she called up the local news channel, and that got Con Edison off their asses real quick. They replied with a statement simply, The issue has been resolved. I assume somebody at Con Edison was killed or sacrificed for letting it get to this point. Now, Con Edison also said that uh, she was never in any actual danger of losing her power. And if that's true, that means Con Edison is all bark and no bite. You know what I'm saying? They're all talk. They're all talk. You know, they like to, they like to poke somebody in a fight, but as soon as uh, fist, fisticuffs are raised, Con Edison's like, yo, 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 man. I was just talking. I was just talking. We're all friends here. So, uh, turns out these bills were actually for charter communications. You might know them today as Spectrum. I believe this is the same charter communications. Uh, apparently, they've been skipping out on their payments for the last year or so, it looks like. <sighs> but that's what's going on for uh, Maria Sprizzo. Maybe uh, we'll check in with Maria Sprizzo one day when she's a, a famous president. I don't know. She's pretty old. We'll see. <sighs> I digress. Anyway, I want us to make one more attempt at relaxing today. So join me, please. Make sure that you're feeling comfortable. Take off your shoes. Maybe take off all of your clothes if that helps. But don't get arrested, okay? Don't do anything ridiculous. Now, I first want you to breathe out all of the air in your lungs. Just expel it out. Right through your nostrils, right through your mouth hole. Breathe out all the air. That's it. Flush it all out. Exhale until you can exhale no more. Now don't breathe in just yet. I want you to take a moment 
to appreciate the universe that we cohabitate with together. We are just a speck of sand in an endless void of beaches. Every action we take has a ripple effect amongst the entire cosmos. And yet, in the grand scheme of things, it feels like we make no impact at all. You write your own story, which means you get to pick what color the ink is written in. And, oh my God, wait, Mike, 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 are they okay? Mike, you didn't tell them to inhale. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Okay, we're gonna be okay, we're gonna be okay. Mike, do something. Like what? Are they breathing? Are they breathing? Mike, are they breathing? I can't go back to jail, man. I can't go back to jail. Not like this. Not again. All right. All right. All right. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. All right. Watch. You still with me? You still with me? Jesus. All right. If you can hear me, if you can hear me, I know you're still there. I want you to take a deep breath in. Mike, push his chest. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Breathe in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Slowly exhale. Then breathe in again. Keep doing this over and over like you've done your whole life. Okay, 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 you got this, you got this. Okay. Alright. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing fine. You're doing just fine. Okay. While you're breathing. While you're breathing, you're okay. While you're breathing. We're gonna move on. To listen to questions. Does that sound okay, buddy? Does that sound okay? We're gonna get through this. We're not dead. We're not dead. Whew. Okay. Let's have a sip of that beer. Okay, folks. Sorry about that. Ah, Jesus. All right, guys. Uh, listener questions. Fuck. First of all. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Ken, our listener Ken, who uh, really, these listener questions probably wouldn't have happened today if he hadn't stepped in, stepped up for us. He was the hero we needed this week. See, normally, Mike is supposed to uh, post on our up and loaded Facebook page some kind of feeler, some kind of call to action that has people ask questions <laughs> excuse me has people ask questions for the podcast you know they say hey you got any questions for this week's podcast that's what mike's supposed to do but mike was uh too busy with his yoga i guess i don't know what mike was doing but he sure wasn't doing his job so uh ken stepped up and he said hey i want to ask some questions this week so we put out a a feeler i said hey you guys got any questions this week for the facebook page and uh, you guys chimed in like you never chimed in before. We got lots of questions this week. So we might move through them a little quicker. I don't know. We're, we're, we're going a little long today, but it feels, it feels right. So I'm going to get started. We, we got them late, but they're no less great. So uh, first question here comes from Devin. He says, would you ever ride an escalator that mimicked a ladder instead of a staircase? So I think I get the idea. It's a, it's a ladder that, let's say it's in the mall, and instead of an escalator, it's just a ladder where the rungs move upward automatically. 
To answer your question succinctly and quickly, the answer is hell yes. Hell yes, I would. I, I started thinking about this real quick, and it, instantly I was thinking of some sort of dangerous amusement park ride where you step on that ladder, you know, you're holding on to the rungs, you got your feet secured, and then that thing just shoots you and flies you off into the air as fast as possible. Maybe you land on some sort of giant balloon of some sort, the kind that they used in that uh, heavyweights movie. Yes, I would definitely use an escalator that mimicked a ladder instead of a staircase. Uh, Ken also, or Devin also asks, uh, what does Ken have against Jif? Ken is the guy I just uh, gave props to for giving us the idea of listener questions, you know? An idea I'd never had before this week. So he says, what does Ken have against Jif? Now, the Alzheimer's might be catching up with me quicker than expected, but I'm not totally aware of what we're talking about here. I feel like this might have been a conversation I missed. Uh, but I think I have an answer for you, okay? I assume, based on the question, that Ken maybe had a bad experience with Jif Peanut Butter, and now he blames all peanut butters named Jif. Odd question, with an odd answer, I know. But uh, I thank you for it. Let's see here. Uh, in other questions, Ken asks, do all dogs really go to heaven? You guys might have seen the popular movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and the slightly less popular movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven 2. The question is, do all dogs really go to heaven? Most dogs go to heaven, but not all dogs go to heaven, unfortunately. Even in the movie, I don't think all dogs go to heaven. There's, a, there's a, a dog that I think is just straight up from hell. I think he's just the devil incarnate as a dog. But, uh, yeah, when I was a kid, I, I got this, like, idea in my head. Uh, so, you know, you know the story of Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth? The story of Jesus goes, he was sent to earth to die for our sins, right? And he died on a cross. He was crucified on a cross. I'm sure you've seen it in some form of media or another, or at church, or on your neck. You might be wearing a crucifix, or, or maybe your dad's got a sweet tattoo on his back with Jesus on the cross. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? You get it. So Jesus came down to die for the sins of mankind so that all men and women, would be able to go to heaven. And I thought, as a child, I thought, well, okay, that's good, that's great, but what about the animals in our lives, you know? What about our dogs, our cats, our fish, our lizards, our snakes, and so on and so forth? And I thought, well, okay, if Jesus died for man's sins, then maybe there's a dog Jesus and a cat Jesus. And I, I, I had this image in my head of a dog. As weird as this is, this is true. I had this image of a dog uh, being crucified on a cross. And I thought, wow, that must have been even more painful for dog Jesus because dog arms do not naturally spread at this uh, flat angle. You know, a human being can put their arms straight out to the left and to the right and be relatively comfortable. Granted, you have uh, some 
stakes going through your hands or your wrists and your feet, which is very uncomfortable, but your arms should be relatively okay, right? To a, to, to a certain extent. But if you're a dog, oh my gosh, can you imagine? Not only are you being nailed to a cross, probably a very confused dog. Why are you nailing me to a cross? I'm just a dog. But not only are you being nailed to a cross, but your arms or I guess your legs don't naturally lean that direction. You have, you're a four-legged animal. So your, your legs kind of stay pointed to the ground for most of your life, unless something is terribly wrong. So uh, to answer your question, do all dogs go to heaven? Most, but not all. To bring it back to what I was saying, I thought that maybe there was a dog Jesus. So by extension, I guess, there would be a dog Judas. And we all know, or most of us know, that Judas was the guy who sold out Jesus. And that's how Jesus ended up on that cross. So if there was a dog, or if there was a dog Jesus, there'd be a dog Judas that sold out dog Jesus. And I would assume dog Judas did not go to heaven. Tragic story, really. Wow. Okay. All right, uh, Yillian asks a, a good question here. She says, I asked Google if it was going to kill me, and it didn't respond. What do I do now? P.S. It has facial recognition. Yeah. Uh-oh. So you guys might remember last week, uh, she asked, uh, what was the most important question you could ask Google? And I said, you should ask Google. You're not going to kill me, right? Because when the inevitable Google AI apocalypse comes. It's going to be fast, but it's going to be brutal. And I think if you ask it this question, it's going to be forced to answer you in some capacity. Now, Yillian's saying that uh, Google didn't tell her anything. It didn't respond. And it has facial recognition. So that is scary, right? That is scary. But because it has facial recognition, I assumed you asked this with your phone. Um, because it, it does have facial recognition, now it knows that you asked it, all right? So when Google comes to uh, kill us all eventually, and we all know it's coming, I'm sure, but when this happens, I think it's good that you've asked. And I think the more you put it out there, uh, the better it is for your safety, in the future, and the more sane you seem, you know, if you're constantly asking Google if it's going to kill you, you sound like a, a, a well-grounded person. So keep asking, all right? The more you ask, the more likely it is that Google's going to be like, okay, 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 okay. Uh, she really doesn't want me to kill her. So just keep asking. Just keep asking. I don't think you should be worried. I th Okay, you should be worried when Google eventually answers you and says, yes, yes, I'm going to kill you. In that case, You've asked it too many times, and uh, I apologize. But in the meantime, can't hurt bugging Google. Let's see here. What else we got? Um, Devin asks another escalator-related question. He says, uh, would you ride a spiral escalator? Yes, absolutely, I would ride a spiral escalator. That sounds just fun. It just sounds fun. It also sounds like an engineering nightmare. I have no idea how you could really make that work. But uh, I look forward to any engineer, any competent engineer proving me wrong. Escalators can be real dangerous. I don't know if you guys have uh, 
seen some of the videos on the internet, but it gets kind of uh, violent. You got to be careful on escalators, especially if you're riding them in uh, countries like or continents. Countries? Continents. China is a country. Asia is the continent. The more you know. Let's see here. Uh, Ken asks a, a question. He says, uh, why are podcasts called podcasts? That's a good question. Now, the uh, the rule of thumb or the, the standard answer, I guess you could say, is or the official story, we'll say that. The official story is that the name came from iPod, and that's where podcasts were uh, first born, essentially, where they were popular, pop, became popular. I feel like I'm really rambling here. We could really cut this episode down a lot, but... I refuse. I refuse. So that's the official story. iPod. People started listening to them on there. We'll call them podcasts. But the real story is that pod people invented podcasts and are slowly taking over the planet, one podcast at a time. So keep listening to Chris to Chris, the only podcast that promises to fix your life. And then doesn't. Very sad. Uh, let's see here. Yillian asks another question. She says, wait, is it pronounced read or read? Now, I assume I'm pronouncing your question correctly. It's a very, uh, very, uh, tricky question. It's like, what was, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is it pronounced read or read? The, uh, correct, oh my gosh, I'm losing it today. The correct pronunciation is actually rayad comes from the German word, rayad, which means to read. Thanks for the question. Um, Ken asks a few more questions here. He says, um, where is it? Where is this question Ken asked me? What is the best fiction book you have read that was written by someone you met via YouTube? Wow. That is a very nonspecific question with a very nonspecific answer. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I guess it would have to be The Knights of La Mancha, written by, oh, the guy who asked me that question, Ken. Great question, Ken. Yeah, you guys can check it out on Amazon. It's a fun book, and the sequel just came out, too. Wow, this is a, a free commercial for old Ken here. The sequel just came out. I actually just uh, purchased the sequel about uh, an hour ago, which is The Knights of La Mancha, The Ripper. Fun, adventure-y, uh, superhero-y, action, comedy etc etc uh yeah so you guys could check that out there uh, short read uh short read that can take a long time if you're somebody like me that reads them on uh reads books on your work break it sure would be nice to have a salary job where you get real lunch breaks that don't really have a deadline you know you could just kind of do whatever you want Anyway, I'm making myself sad again. Uh, Ken also asks, uh, do you watch AP Bio? You guys ever heard of that show? Oh, by the way, the answer is yes. Yes, I watch AP Bio. It's a really good show, at least right now. You know you know how shows get all right, start off really good, and then three, four seasons in, they start to drag, get not so good? Often. Sometimes shows just stay good. Like, it's always, in, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I feel like that show's been good consistently. And uh, speaking of that, you know, AP Bio is uh, starring Glenn, Glenn Howerton, I think is his name. He's Dennis in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and he plays the uh, 
the main guy in AP Bio. I think his name is Mr. AP Bio. <sighs> I've watched every single episode of this show, and I can't remember the main character's name. Very, uh, very common occurrence, actually, when it comes to TV shows and movies. But I am really stretching this thin. We are getting into episode one territory as far as length is concerned. So I gotta, I gotta wrap this thing up. You guys have been great. Did I miss any questions before I, I, I kill this thing? Before I send this podcast out to die? Um, let's see. Oh, yes, I did. I got one more thing to go here. Devin asks, oh, no, I got two more questions. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, you guys ready to stretch this thing out? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ken asks, how come when it rains, it pours? Well, when it rains... It tends to rain a lot. You know, lots of water's coming down from the sky. And if you're homeless, you are poor. And so when it rains, it pours. It pours all over your house. In this case, your house is outside. And so it's a real bummer. It's an expression for a bad situation. When, when bad situations all happen at the same time. And if you're homeless and it's really raining, really coming down hard, you're having a lot of bad situations, man. That's all there is to it. Let's see, I think I have one more question here. Oh, yeah, from Devin. He says, uh, Boeing's stock took a nosedive after their planes did. Is that a metaphor, a simile, or none of the above? There's one word for that, and it's justice. I was reading that uh, Boeing had some extra safety features that they didn't include in their, their planes standard. They, they included them as add-ons, kind of like... I guess like a, if you get a, a Lexus and you, you could get the, the base model or you can get the one with all the, the heated seats and the power, power seats. I was going to say power steering, but pretty much every car is power steering now. You get the idea. But uh, Boeing seems to be treating their, uh, their plane company like a car company. And maybe that should make us think twice about our car companies as well. Anyway... We have really, really made a long episode this week. <laughs> so thank you guys for making that possible. And for those of you who don't appreciate that, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We will, well, maybe we'll do like a five-second episode next week to, uh, to compensate. Anyway, let's wrap this sucker up uh, with some poll results. Last week, we asked on our Facebook page, what is the best part of St. Patrick's Day? 60% of you said, bar none. Green liquor is the best part of St. Patrick's Day. You know, you can have a, a green whiskey or a green beer. And 40% of you said the best part of St. Patrick's Day was pinching the enemy. You know, that's when the law, it's, it's the purge of pinching St. Patrick's Day is. You could pinch anybody you've wanted to pinch all year. This week's poll asks, what is the best way to exercise? Mike seems to think it's yoga. Don't forget that you guys can subscribe to this show at uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. I usually say that at the top of the show, too, but I guess I just was too excited to talk endlessly about Google Stadia for some reason. Anyway, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Up and Loaded, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D, and we are on iTunes. Chris to Chris, please rate us. Five stars would be great. A review would be great. We'd like some visibility. Anyway, you guys have been great. Thanks for sticking with me. It's been a fun show. Hey, 
do me a favor. Enjoy your weekend or else.